0: down. This month we're looking at Curses.
1: Yes we are.
0: And the first thing that came to mind when I think of Curses for me is Macbeth. Because he's kind of cursed. There's something witchy going
1: on there. The Scottish player, you're not allowed to say the name.
0: Exactly. I thought I'd look up a couple of facts about the real Macbeth. Oh nice. Because as you may know it's based on a real Scottish king. So the real Macbeth, he became the king of Scotland on the 15th of August 1040 after killing Duncan Um, he died on the 15th of August 1057 which is 70 years to the day since becoming king Okay. and he was actually killed after being wounded in a battle not he wasn't killed by another person Um, I wish it had been one day later because it would have been my birthday (laughs) but hey hey (laughs) He is the first known Scottish king to have made a pilgrimage to Rome. Okay. His real, like, name is not like Macbeth. It's actually Macbethad. Mac Findlach?
1: Mac Findlach.
0: Yeah. yeah I-, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but it's F-I-N-D-L-A-I with a little like accent over it, yeah. ch. I think Finlach is about right.
1: That's a much harder name to market, isn't it? Yeah, you can see why.
0: <laughs> the name Macbethad, which was like his given name, actually means son of life. Oh. And the last little fact I'm going to tell you is about the play. And Macbeth is the only play by Shakespeare to mention a rhinoceros. Oh. <laughs> So those are some facts about <laughs> the real Macbeth and the play. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> the cursed
1: King. I figured a curse curse would be a good way to start off this uh, this year, because uh, it kind of feels like all our previous New Year's, for the last couple of years, have been cursed.
0: Yeah, I mean, as you may have noticed, everyone, we skipped the whole of January. Yeah. I had a bereavement, and then Dan had COVID. So we kind yeah. of decided to start in february fresh just right off january and,
1: and start again so with hey.
0: <laughs> welcome to have you ever heard of we are starting the new year in february <laughs> actually on the 1st of february so it's quite fitting
1: yeah yeah it is fitting
0: oh happy birthday to fire <laughs>
1: <laughs> how are you doing i'm After okay a...
0: i'm yeah have moved into a new house um so this is my first record in the new flat i ha- am working from home mostly you're not working Nothing. at the moment are you no
1: in between contracts i'm fun employed so... for the foreseeable <laughs> I'm <not looking> for <laughs> fun the employed can't be bothered not yet
0: um and yeah just getting on with it you know just kind of gonna have an indian tonight
1: very nice good way yeah. to, that's a good that's a classic friday
0: yeah what about Curry you friday? how's your recovery from covid
1: uh it was long and uh yeah it wasn't too bad i, I didn't. i didn't lose my uh sense of taste that would really have annoyed me so that's good i just had a cough but it was a yeah. it lingered on for a long time i still got it a bit now so that's okay
0: <laughs> well i'm glad we're back on track. <laughs> Uh, it's your turn to go. It, it is,
1: yeah. After this uh, this extended break, let's see if I can remember how to do it. <laughs> so, um, I am not. I'm doing. I guess is it a person? It's kind of a person, or or it's kind of like the effect it's of a, a person. It's a curse. It's a, it's cur- a person. <laughs> it's a cur- curse. Perfect. <laughs> uh, so I'm basically doing the curse of uh of Tutankhamun. If you've heard of that. I think it's one of the most famous. It's one of the famous, most famous curses in the in the world. If it mm-hmm. is a curse, so let's see if it is a curse or if it is all <laughs> <just> bollocks. <laughs> I mean, we'll decide at the end.
0: I don't believe in curses, but sometimes we'll, there are ones where I'm like, okay, that's a bit weird. <laughs> it's getting we, weird now.
1: We're gonna we're gonna make an official judgment, like what we official official curse judgment. At the end at the end of this podcast is gospel truth. that's it it forever
0: you can cite
1: us on that right so let's start with a bit about our young King Tutankhamun get to know him a bit so he was an ancient (laughs) Egyptian pharaoh unsurprisingly I think that's pretty well well known Uh, in what was somewhat typical for the time little Tut took the throne at just 8 years old Like a tiny child king.
0: That's ridiculous.
1: It's just like... I mean, I don't know about you, but I was running around a field pretending to be Sonic the Hedgehog 8. I would not have been able to rule ancient Egypt.
0: I was doing very similar. Like playing (laughs) with my hamster and, you know, not, not really doing much else.
1: So, again, typically... He married his half sister because that's just what they did in ancient Classic, yeah, yep. lovely stuff. Mm-hmm. Marry sister. Uh, during their marriage, they had and subsequently lost two daughters: uh, one at five to six months of pregnancy, and the other shortly after birth. So the moral of the story here: don't have kids with your sister. Basically, <laughs> I, I mean
0: that's an official judgment. Yeah, you can, yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you ever heard
1: of? Endorses not having kids with your siblings. <laughs>
0: that, that's official.
1: <laughs> also
0: um, you know ancient egyptian medicine not yeah. really like up to scratch no definitely so not. so that's another factor it's but yeah don't have kids with your sister a, is also yeah,
1: not the cutting edge um to give you an idea of when they were trying to have these ba- uh, incest babies uh he died <laughs> at the age of around 18 so yeah he did you <laughs> so ew. pre-18 yeah, yeah. Uh he was, despite his young age, a pretty alright pharaoh, apparently, in his ten years (laughs) on the (laughs) throne. (laughs) It's pretty alright. He restored the ancient Egyptian religion after its dissolution by his father. He restored some old monuments damaged during the previous um Amana period. Uh so I mean that's quite good. A little bit of public works, I suppose. But I don't know if it's really kind of public works for him rather than the people, but anyway. Yeah. I mean, like we got some monuments out of it to look at now. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so his health, not so good. Uh, no. He was physically disabled with a deformity uh, on his left foot, along with bone, necrosis. So bad that he required, walk- he required a cane to walk. Um, right. Several of these are found in his team. So, I mean, that's not great, is it? You're you're like a young guy and you're walking around with a cane. No. Um he had other health issues, including, uh, scoliosis and it contracted several strains of malaria as well in his time. Um, so as was typical at the time, again, as mentioned before, uh, he would, t- yeah, he too was a product of incest. So again, moral of the story, don't have kids with your siblings because this is what happens. Yes, This is a warning indeed. from history. Um, so there are no surviving records of the circ- circumstances of Tutankhamun's death. So it's been subject the subject of considerable debate and major studies. I mean, going by how goddamn sickly he was, he was a sickly child. We might have some clues there, I'd say, but that's just my take. So experts believe his death was likely the result of a combination of his multiple weakening disorders, a leg fracture. Perhaps as a result of a fall and severe malarial infection. So that's a pretty, that's a pretty long list combination (laughs) of things that killed him all just at once. I mean, yeah, unlucky and sickly. I mean, um,
0: yeah, injured and ill. Yeah, yeah. It's not not, a great, it's not not a good combo. It's a bit like Henry VIII. ish you know, like he had his gammy leg along (laughs) with being fat and old. Lovely
1: bit of gout. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> everyone gets gout. Everyone <laughs> in history, literally everyone. That
0: you can. That's another official um, yeah. declaration.
1: Everyone in history got this, gout.
0: Uh, very um, <laughs> reputable source.
1: Others have argued he died of sickle cell anemia. Also, another lovely, common old time uh, illness. Well, I, mean, I guess it's just like it's an incest illness, isn't it? All the it. I think so. Didn't all the um But oh, like hang on. other Am I people mixed up with something else. No but people Victor... definitely de- get sickle cell. Like definitely. But like um didn't all of uh Victoria's grandchildren get it?
0: Oh uh, it wasn't sickle cell, it was something else.
1: Oh uh, okay then.
0: Um, but I know what you're talking about.
1: Oh I'm thinking of the one, the not the the one that prevents um blood from clotting. What's that called?
0: Uh haemophilia. That's the um yeah, that was up. um. Yeah, I think hemophilia has been a problem with the royalty in yeah, general, yeah. isn't it? It's like it's like the uh, the aristocratic disease. Yeah, that's,
1: <laughs> that's another lovely incest disease. <laughs> so one of the more badass theories is that he was killed in a chariot accident. Uh, this is due to the pattern pattern of crushing injuries and that some of his ribs are missing. But I mean, he does seem... I've heard seem, that one before. He does seem like way too much of a sickly child to handle, like, a chariot.
0: I'm sure he I wasn't, mean, like... Like, he was just riding the chariot. He wasn't, Just, like, like
1: going along, like, at a nice pace, rather than, like, thundering <laughs> around. Maybe, I guess. Um, so after his death, Tutankhamun was buried in a tomb that was unusually small, considering his status. So it's believed that... His death occurred unexpectedly before the grander royal team could be built. So his mind was just built, buried in the team that was just there. They were just like, stick him in there. It's empty. Get him in there. (laughs) Uh, So let's move on to the Discovery's team and why it was so important. So (laughs) on the 26th of November, 1922, Harold Carter and his financier friend, George Herbert, Lord Carnarvon, stood before the heavy-sealed door the boy king Tutankhamun They knew it to be him Due to the intricate seal on the door But the outer door had also shown The unmistakable signs Of more than one forced entry The two mm. men held their breath After all, the <gasps> explorers, archaeologists And Egyptologists that made expeditions to Egypt had Yet to find an undisturbed tomb All they had opened Had long been stripped bare Of their riches and relics it looks as if King Tut's tomb would be the same. Nervously, his hands trembling, Carter forced a small hole in the left-hand corner of the doorway, he lit a candle, and peered inside. As Carter recorded in his memoirs, "Presently, as my eyes grew accustomed to the light, details of the room within emerged slowly from the mist. Strange animals, statues, and gold everywhere—the glint of gold. For the moment, an eternity it must have seemed to the other standing by. I was struck dumb with amazement, and when Lord Carnarvon..." Unable to stand the suspense any longer, inquired anxiously, can you see anything? It was all I could do to get out the words, yes, wonderful things. Wonderful things, (laughs) baby.
0: If I had a time machine, that's on the list.
1: Yeah, yeah. Though, I mean, like, got to hear the story first. You might Uh, want to be there. I mean, if (laughs) I was, like,
0: invincible.
1: (laughs) So the antechamber. So think of this as something of a tomb reception room. (laughs) So it was an untidy room Packed with everything that an Egyptian king Could possibly need for an enjoyable afterlife But what Carter and Herbert Were interested in Was the other side of yet another doorway Blocked, plastered, sealed and guarded By two large statues Of Tutankhamun himself The burial chamber Once again, it looked as if the seal had been breached By a robber's hole Carter's heart sunk Knowing the ante-room would need to be emptied of its treasures before the second doorway could be cleared, Carter decided he couldn't wait. And so, desperate to know if the tomb was intact, they crawled through the robber's hole. But not before Carter claimed to see a strange animal in the entrance of the tomb that looked like a jackal. It seemed what he was describing was Anubis, the god of death and afterlife.
0: <gasps> oh dear. No
1: one else saw it. Ah!
0: <gasps> no one else saw it? No.
1: <laughs> and 2019- was he
0: like... Did you guys see this? Yeah, or...
1: <laughs> apparently he pointed it out and people were like nope, uh, no. Nope. Nope. Seems pretty empty to me. Oh, imagine if they were all just joking mm. with him. There's like, clearly a that there's clearly a cat
0: over there. Eh, eh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell him. Um To their delight, they found the burial chamber was almost completely undisturbed. Its golden shrine its seals still intact. Swearing at each other's secrecy they crawled back and sealed the hole. And so the burial chamber was first opened on 17th of February, 1923, in the presence of an invited audience of the great and the good. Finally, an undisturbed shrine. So this was the first undisturbed um, pharaoh shrine ever discovered. So that's why it's so important.
0: Yeah, that's why it's so famous. Yeah. Yeah. Even though, like, Tut was, like, not particularly, like, important. No.
1: (laughs) Pharaoh. <laughs> he, he, he did barely anything. He, yeah, he had like eight years on the throne. He was a child.
0: And he was a child. He married his sister and yeah. that didn't work out very
1: well. <laughs> but was this really a blessing or was it a curse?
0: <gasps> da, da, da.
1: Because the so-called curse of the Pharaohs is said to protect the tombs by jinxing those who disturbed the ancient Egyptian kings left to rest in the town of Samba. Those who first disturbed the kings
0: <gasps>
1: up until this point archaeologists had only entered tombs of the pharaohs who had already been disturbed yeah after... like
0: loo- looters exactly yeah
1: through yeah. the centuries like and yeah. his crew were now those who disturbed a tomb for the first time and so they by breaking open the sealed door into the burial chamber on that november night in 1922 released tutankhamun's curse
0: Dun, dun, dun. So let's go
1: into the curse. So basically, I was just going to make do this as a joke because it just seemed ridiculous. But <laughs> like the list of people that are affected by it, oh, or no. like, okay. potentially, Hit is me. really long.
0: Okay. So let's
1: get into it, uh, and we'll decide. We'll make a we'll an love judgment. that we'll decide. <laughs> like, <laughs> like we have an any authority yeah. whatsoever. So let's start with Lord. Carnarvon. So he's a guy that basically funded the entire expedition. Yeah. He's Carter's mate. Let's see what happens to him. So in late February 1923, after a long and tiring media circus, the excavation was temporarily closed to allow the exhausted excavators a brief holiday. While Carter stayed in Luxor, Carnarvon and his daughter, Lady Evelyn Herbert, I mean, like that's one of the most arist- aristocratic names I've ever heard. It's one of the life. greatest
0: names I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs>
1: sailed south to spend a few days at Aswan during this trip Carnarvon was bitten on the cheek by a mosquito innocuous enough? malaria oh. well it didn't affect <laughs> him too badly at least not at first it wasn't until Carnarvon returned to Luxor that things took a turn one morning while shaving he accidentally caught the bite <sighs> scab while shaving Ooh. cursing Damn. and remonstrating with himself a seasoned shaver For being so clumsy. I mean, being a magnificently mustachioed man. He cleaned and patched himself up, but he soon started feeling unwell. With his condition worsening, he travelled to Cairo for expert medical attention, but it was too late. Blood poisoning set in and pneumonia Uh followed. A younger, fitter man may have been able to throw off the infection, but the 57-year-old Carnarvon was still suffering the effects of a severe motor accident. In 1901, that left him weak and vulnerable to chest infections. I mean, like, I don't really know how a car crash would lead you. Leave you. I guess,
0: like, to if you have infections. like a collapsed lung or something. Oh, that's true.
1: That is true. Fair enough.
0: Maybe, but okay, like, yeah. that's pretty severe. Yeah, so he probably shouldn't have been excavating a
1: <laughs> Well, the thing is, some say that Carnarvon's death may have been linked to toxins within Tut's tomb. Ah, okay. Some ancient mummies have been shown to carry a potentially dangerous species of mould, and the tomb walls could have been covered in bacteria known to attack the yeah. respiratory system. Ugh. So Carnarvon had apparently laughed and made jokes as he entered the tomb. To this, the Egyptologist Arthur Wagle had foretold Carnarvon's death before six weeks would pass. Sure enough, Carnarvon was dead within a month and a half. <sighs> So yeah, so he was basically making light of the entire thing. And the and Arthur Wagel basically thought he just pissed off the gods. And that was it. Anyway, so and the media was all over it. The first to die of the great curse of the pharaohs. And maybe that's all it was. Media hysteria. I mean, like, we get that now. Media love a bit of hysteria. Sell some newspapers. But death... <laughs> But the dance of misfortune did not stop there. So next on the cursors list was Prince Ali Kamel Farmi Bey. This Egyptian aristocrat had been part of the media for that followed the opening of the tomb, and he visited as personal guest of Carter and Carnarvon. However, not long before he had met one, Marguerite Albert, a high-class cool girl. And she was fit. And I'm like, <laughs> not like 1920s fit, like now fit.
0: <laughs> like now fit? Hang on. <laughs> right, what is her name?
1: Um, Marguerite uh, Alibert.
0: Marguerite Ali. Oh, hello.
1: Yeah, see? See what I'm talking about? <laughs> now fit.
0: She's got, like, this, like, heavy eyebrow thing that's, like... Yeah. So, anyway. anyway.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> uh, so, she had subsequently had an affair with Edward, Prince of Wales. I mean, like, who hadn't, to be fair?
0: Yeah, I mean, if he hadn't, then you weren't trying hard exactly, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> So, that happened
1: in 1917. Edward became infatuated with her during their relationship, he wrote. And he wrote her many candid letters. However, although their affair was uh intense while it lasted. By the end of the war, the first world war, Edward had broken off the relationship to briefly pursue respectability before the whole Wallace Nazi affair that would bring it down. <laughs> I mean like the respectability was never gonna last that long. But Marguerite had not lost her taste for the Aristos. And in June nineteen twenty two she was introduced to Ali Farmi Bay, who instantly became infatuated. I mean like not surprising. I don't know, now fit. So <laughs> now fit. Uh, following that <laughs> meeting, they embarked on a tour of gambling, drinking, and entertainment establishments in Douville, Baritz and Paris. Afterwards, Farmy returned to Egypt alone, but soon after realized he couldn't li- he could not be without her, and so he invited her to the country, feigning illness, and telling her that he could not live without her. I mean, that's not the great uh, it's not like a very good basis for a marriage. But they were married in December 1922 in a formal Islamic ceremony. But shortly after his tour of King Tut's tomb, things would turn sour. Uh Uh-oh. On the 1st of July 1923, the couple arrived in London for a holiday. They stayed at the Savoy Hotel with their entourage consisting of a secretary, a valet, and a maid. On the 9th of July, the couple and the secretary went to see the operetta The Merry Widow. Upon returning to the hotel, they had a late supper. Now, they had a somewhat fiery relationship. Um, uh, why he liked her, I guess. And so they started one of their frequent arguments. At 2.30am on the 10th of July, Alibea shot her husband repeatedly from behind using a .32 caliber semi-automatic browning pistol, striking him in the neck, back and head. Oh, she hit business.
0: him with the pistol, no, no, or shot, shot him. him. Oh, okay, yeah, she so shot like him. Where the
1: bus, so bus, I was like, like, "That's not what hit. he's for." <laughs> I mean, like, she meant business. Like, she like emptied a like clip into him. Yeah, the prince was transported to Charing Cross Hospital, but succumbed to his wounds within an hour. Do you say Charing Cross or Charing Cross? Charing Cross. Oh, I say Charing Cross. Well, you're wrong. But it's only <laughs> one R. I feel like everyone else is getting it wrong. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) so she was trialed, but she presented herself as the victim of the brutality and beastliness of her oriental husband.
0: Oh, God, of course she did. Yeah.
1: Farmer was described as a monster of Eastern depravity and decadence whose sexual tastes were indicative of an amoral sadism towards his helpless European wife.
0: Oh, of course, yeah. and of course,
1: the racist British courts of the 1920s acquitted her of all charges. Oh my lordy! So, the first victim, second victim of the curse, Prince Ali Camille Farmi Bey. Next on the list was Sir Archibald <laughs> Douglas Reid. Uh, so he had been the man to X-ray the mummy. Oh,
0: okay. Um, that is a specific job. I know. Mummy x rayer.
1: That was like a new thing, apparently. <laughs> no one had done that before, but they no, were but like, like.
0: Imagine if get, that's your whole job, gonna... <laughs> yeah, like just x raying mummies.
1: So, now, the main risks, obviously, to radiologists uh, have been related to three causes overexposure to radiation, electrical accidents, and hazards associated with chemicals used in the filming process. The film process. Uh, and Ibiz Reed read was no exception. So Carter had hoped to examine the body with X-rays and so had invited Reed to Egypt. Reed was particularly interested in diagnostic radiology and was ideally placed to examine, examine the boy king. Unfortunately, by this point, he had developed radiation uh, dermatitis <laughs> of the fingers. Uh, because of this, his health had deteriorated over the years. And so he made a stop off in Chur, in Switzerland, Hoping that the mountain air would help him recover. Oh, that,
0: that was it. Everyone just goes to Switzerland for I know, that's mountain just,
1: that's, that's just the mountain air. That's it. That uh, and water the catch, the, oh.
0: fix everything. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Unfortunately, his condition deteriorated. It got so bad that he was rushed in for abdominal surgery. He did not survive. He died at the age of 53 in early 1924. So, I was Reed another victim of the curse? He hadn't even reached Egypt. He'd just kind of like been. But maybe the gods were
0: like, "We're not. We don't want you to X-ray here. We're going to stop you before you get there."
1: Preempted death. Preemptive death. Exactly. Very
0: suspicious.
1: (laughs) Next on the curses list was Major General Lee Stack, the Governor General of the Anglo-Egyptian Sudan. So, on the 19th of November, 1924, Sir Lee Stack, accompanied by his aide-de-camp, was driven from the Egyptian War Office in Cairo to his official residence. During the journey, his car was forced to stop in heavy traffic. At this moment, several Egyptian students grouped on the pavement and fired a volley of revolver shots into the vehicle. Stack's driver, Frederick Hamilton March, although injured, was able to accelerate the car away from the scene and reach the nearby residence of the British High Commissioner to Egypt. Unfortunately for Stack, the shots against him had found their mark and he died the next day. Sir Lee Stack had been one of the first to visit the tomb in 1922.
0: Hmm. I mean, this is... It's is suspicious but it's also just very unfortunate.
1: I know, exactly. Like A lot of it can just come down to like coincidence. But there is, it would seem there are a lot of coincidences. <laughs> because next on the list would be Arthur Mace of Carter's <laughs> excavation team. Oh, okay so mace was a tasmanian born english archaeologist and egyptologist so he was an expert in the preservation of fragile materials and so his principal role was to treat clean and repair each of the objects found some of them understandably quite fragile they are very old yeah. before shipment to the cairo museum he was also one of carter's closest companions and confidence um what he is best known for is co-writing with Carter the first volume of the popular account of the excavation, The Tomb of Tutankhamun. I mean, like, it's not a very inventive title. I mean,
0: enough. at least if I was like, hmm, what's that book
1: called? You know, yeah. the
0: one where they, like, go to the tomb yeah. of Tutankhamun.
1: The Tomb of Tutankhamun, that's it. <laughs> uh, a beautiful little detail about Mace. In 1907, Mace married Winifred Blake. And a one daughter, Margaret. Um, but Margaret is quite the musician, and so not wanting to be apart from, uh, from, uh, from Mace, she joined in Egypt. However, not going without her grand piano, which she brought with her, strapped to the back of a camel,
0: like him um, in the film The Piano.
1: It's what happens in the film. No, it's not a
0: camel. <laughs> no, it's a, It's like they bring it on a ship
1: to Australia. Oh, okay, then. Yeah. 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 I mean, like, just bring it out to the desert, why not? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't seem like the safest way to carry a piano, but never mind. (laughs) Um, During his final years in Egypt, Mace suffered from um, uh, pleurisy, which led to pneumonia. So it seems he was suffering from the same condition as Carnarvon. Unable to continue his archaeological work, he left, left the excavation team in 1924 and his his health just got worse from there. He died on the 6th of April 1928 at a nursing home in Haywards Heath, Sussex, apparently, of arsenic poisoning. He was just 53.
0: Arsenic
1: poisoning? Yeah, I don't know where that came from. Like, I couldn't find any more details on that. It's just kind of like a strange...
0: Maybe they didn't know what it was, So, and it yeah. was similar to arsenic poisoning. So, yeah, because if it was like some sort of... Weird mold.
1: That's the thing is, I mean, this this mold seems to be getting a lot of people. <laughs> next on next on the list was Captain Richard Bethel, Carter's personal secretary. So there's not really much information available online about Bethel, but we but we do know that he was found murdered in his bed <gasps> from a suspected smothering at a Mayfair club.
0: Oh, wow, that is. I want to hear more about it, that.
1: It, in like 19, I think that was in 1924 as well. Uh, but the curse wasn't done yet with the Bethel family. It wouldn't stop at Richard. On the 20th of February 1930, Richard Luttrell Pilkington Bethel, 3rd Baron Westburn, uh, Westbury, another great aristocratic name there, plummeted <laughs> from his seventh floor bedroom window at his St. James apartment. He left a note that read, I really cannot stand any more horrors and hardly see what good I am doing here, so I'm making my exit. His death was ruled suicide while of unsound mind. I think in that's his apartment,
0: a good ruling, to was, be honest.
1: Oh yeah, without doubt. But in his apartment were countless items taken from Tot's team, <gasps> given to him by his son.
0: No, there weren't items. that. you you can't keep those like that's not okay (laughs) i mean to be honest i don't know why any of them would even be not in egypt i know exactly like never mind in someone's literal house those need to be under temperature controlled conditions
1: (laughs) i'm sorry they just do like it makes me cross not just in someone's living room
0: (laughs) not just like in your house
1: that's just not a good place
0: (laughs) to keep them. <laughs> it's just really not. <laughs> this is why I'd never own anything that was, like, super valuable. Like, no. even a piece of art, even if I was, like, a millionaire, and I was, like, I could buy this, like, Edward Hopper that I'm yeah. in love with, I, I just, I would feel so nervous about, like, the, the temperature conditions totally. of my house.
1: And also, I just feel really bad. It's like, other people should be able to see this. Yeah, like, totally. It just be in my house. just be
0: in my <laughs> house. Like... Uh...
1: But were these objects anything to do with these horrors that he was seeing? Who knows? Yes. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe he just kind of like realised the horror of the fact that he was keeping
0: the these things in his house. He was just like, you know what?
1: I'm a dickhead. <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit of a dick. <laughs> Next on the list was George J. Gould I. So Gould was born on the 6th of February, 19- uh, 1864, the eldest son of J. Gould. Uh, and Heron Day-Miller. So his father was a leading American railroad uh, developer and speculator who has been referred to as one of the ruthless robber barons of the Gilded Age whose success at business made him one of the richest men of the era. Uh, so basically, he's a bit of a Trump figure. He just inherited loads of money from his his father and then became like a successful businessman, if, <laughs> in better comments.
0: My dad's doing air quotes. <laughs>
1: As one of the U.S.'s top playboys, he was granted permission to visit the tomb, no doubt, at a cost. However, (laughs) he caught a fever while in Egypt, perhaps at the tomb itself, and like Carnarvon, died of pneumonia on the 16th of May, 1923, on the French Riviera. Another pneumonia victim.
0: Wow. I thought Carnarvon had blood poisoning.
1: Uh, well, the thing is, like, um, it's basically the, the Carnarvon story is kind of like a bit mixed. Like, some people say it was no, like pneumonia. Like, it was he was weakened by his By the infection. blood poisoning. Yeah, yeah.
0: Right, okay, yeah, yeah. That makes so sense. It was like
1: a combination of the two.
0: Hmm.
1: Uh, not all who were cursed died, though. So, following the excavation, Carter gave his friend what's been described as a paperweight. Like, this is just ridiculous made up of a mummified hand
0: <gasps> with its wrist
1: adorned with a scarab bracelet on the Do bracelet. Do not
0: have mummy yeah, hands a mummy in hand. your house. Just that some is... paperweight, <laughs> just like <laughs> on your desk. Just like, <laughs> oh, that? A dead Two dead in person's
1: hand. hand. <laughs> ridiculous.
0: <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. That, I'm sorry, but if anyone is cursed, it's that guy. Yeah. It really is, like...
1: On the bracelet, it read, Cursed be he who moves my body. To him shall come fire, water, oh. and pestilence. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah, this is a curse. This but is keep real.
1: it. Keep the hand. This is keep real. Keep the hand as a paperweight. <laughs> Why not? Soon after receiving the gift, gift, Ingram's house burnt to the ground. Oh, of course it did. To yeah? him shall come Wait, fire. Wait, so the,
0: the hand is gone?
1: No, no. He, the hand was saved, apparently. I don't know how, but he ran out with that, I guess. I mean, But it was okay. Our boy Ingram survived and rebuilt his house. He's a rich man. It's all good. It's all good, right? Not quite, because soon after rebuilding his <laughs> home, it would be demolished once, a t- once again, this time by a flood. To oh. whom shall come water.
0: Did he, like, build it again?
1: Uh, I don't know. It kind of, like, the the. At that point, he was like, that. I'm going to
0: move <laughs> yeah. and get rid of the hand.
1: But I mean, like, somewhat poetic... Po- poetic... Yeah, I mean, like first
0: fire, then water. Has a curse. Next
1: time it'll be an it.
0: earthquake. Yeah, I bet he
1: did die of pneumonia, didn't he? He was another one. <laughs> I should probably figure that out, but uh, I couldn't find any more information on him. Um, but I I thought we were a little ha- ha- hasty uh moving on from Carnarvon's family so soon because it was not only George who felt the curse. So, despite a successful military career, George's brother Albury, had suffered from bad eyesight all his life. Towards the end of his life, he was almost completely blind. Now we know the 20s were the most advanced when it came to medical treatments. Which is why Aubrey was given the rather shoddy advice to have all his teeth removed oh to help restore no. his sight. I
0: hate it when they're like... Ah, it's it's fine. Just remove all your teeth. Yeah, just put some
1: wooden teeth in, and you'll be fine. able to see again.
0: That makes absolutely no sense.
1: Ridiculous.
0: Give the man some glasses.
1: Yeah, Uh, it didn't work. Obviously,
0: Obviously. dental. (laughs) (laughs) dental... I'm no dentist or optometrist, (laughs) but I'm pretty sure that doesn't work.
1: The dental operation resulted in blood poisoning, though, from which he died in London on the 26th of uh, September. Okay, that has nothing to
0: do with the curse. That is to do with him getting all his teeth removed. Yeah,
1: that's, yeah, I guess. And so. getting blood poisoning from. <laughs> but it was only five m- months after his brother. Mm. Next, on the list came Cadaver's other half brother, Mervin Herbert. So he died on the 27th. No, his name's not Mervin. <laughs> it's Mervin. Oh my
0: god! <laughs> it's not a it? name.
1: Yeah, it's just, I can only think of one other person, and that person is a real, called Mervin, <laughs> and that's, uh, that's like the other, the, the, one of the crooks in Home Alone. Oh no, he's called Marv. Oh, no, yeah, not even Marvin he's called, is a yeah,
0: name, not Mervin. <laughs> Mervin.
1: Fair, no. yeah. Uh, so anyway, he died on the 26th of May, 1929, again of new Mania. This time of the malarial variety. But like everyone dies right? of
0: pneumonia in, in the 20s, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. They loved a bit of pneumonia. Um, so that was basically like, that's his family wiped out. Um, what of Carter, though? What of the man who led <laughs> the often. expedition? Uh, well, he I am angrily dismissed the whole curse idea as Tommy Rot. But was it? So following the death of Carnarvon and the loss of money... Uh, Carter slowly lost control of the dig. Despite the significance of his archaeological find, Carter received no honor from the British government. Um, so in life, Carter is said to to have been awkward in company, particularly with those of a. Be, he's he higher... is historian.
0: We're all awkward. yeah, I know.
1: Yeah, we are pretty like weird. <laughs> um, of those, uh, particularly with uh, with those of a higher social standing. So he was often abrasive. Uh, he admitted to having a hot temper, which often aggravated disputes. Um, he never married. Carter spent 10 years excavating the uh, the site, and after completing the clearance of the tomb in 1932, 10 years it took to clear that tomb, Carter retired from archaeology. He spent winters in his house in Luxor and retained a flat in London for the summer. But as interest in the Tutankhamun tomb declined, he lived an increasingly isolated existence with few close friends. To top of his income, he acted as a part-time dealer for both collectors and museums, but it wasn't much. Carter died in his flat at 49 Albert Court next to the Royal Albert Hall. I mean, that's quite a good location, to be fair.
0: Yeah, it's like right by the park, yeah. On the 2nd of March,
1: 1939, aged 64 from Hodgkin's disease, miserably unhappy and very much alone, reanimating the story of the mummy's curse that has persisted to this day
0: but like he had Hodgkin's disease
1: he did yeah but I mean like it's just like the the miserable life he lived after
0: but I don't think that's cursed. that's just him being miserable git
1: yeah probably <laughs> uh, so what are the explanations well coincidence of course I mean, like, coincidence, just, be- yeah. <laughs> so coincidence.
0: It's just people die is the explanation
1: but there is one other sinister theory. So, Mark Baynon, historian, claims to have drawn on previously unpublished evidence to prove the deaths were all ritualistic killings by, uh, masterminded by Alistair Crowley. Do you know Alistair Crowley?
0: Yes, but I and mean, cult- I know the name.
1: He was an occultist, uh, called right. the wickedest man in the world. Yes, yes, at the yes, time. Yes, yes. Yeah. Crowley was born into a wealthy family in 1875. He's frequently been described as a bisexual heroin addict uh, and gains notoriety. I mean, that's just like quite a weird like, line. That's what he's described as, just, just
0: um, oh, Alistair. widely. Oh, Which Alistair? You know, the bisexual heroin addict? Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the
1: one you're talking about, yeah. uh, So he gains notoriety for advocating sexual prescript promiscuity, prostitution. I mean, like, I don't think those are, like, crimes really. I guess they were in the 20s, but uh, anyway. Uh, so Banyan paints a picture of a dangerous dangerous schizophrenic known to have murdered his servants in India. According to Banyan, Crowley was obsessed with Jack the Ripper and frequently referred to himself as a great beast in his diary. Uh, Crowley also apparently constructed his own religious philosophy based around the gods and goddesses. Of ancient Egyptian religion. So, finding the excavation sacrilegious, Bainon believes Crowley orchestrated a number of the deaths. Outlining his theory, Bainon said, When I researched these deaths, Crowley's name popped up again and again. There's plenty of circumstantial evidence linking him to all the deaths, and his diaries and books are riddled with clues. He added, everyone was obsessed with the supposed curse of Tutankhamun striking down high society victims. But until now, no one has ever realised that they may well have been murdered.
0: Okay, yeah, but okay. Let's just do three copies, because the first one, Carnarvon...
1: Yeah. He yeah, got yeah.
0: bit by a mosquito. I know, yeah. So and then like... got blood poisons. So that's not murder.
1: Yeah.
0: That's that's definitely not murder. The yeah. the woman who shot her own
1: husband in the head. I know, yeah. <laughs> he did, like, go in, definitely... like, shoot, and then just flee. It definitely was it, murder, that. but yeah. it was her who did it. Yeah.
0: Um, then there was the guy who stopped in Switzerland for some mountain air because he was yep. already sick from and radiation he
1: just, poisoning. He died on the operating table.
0: He died on the Like these, some of these are definitely not murders. Yeah. Maybe the guy who like got his house burnt down.
1: Yeah, but like he didn't that even could be die. Arson.
0: But he didn't die. Yeah, so he and, didn't and a good job. And the hand survived. So, yeah. um, also, so like, it- I want to know what happened to that mummy hand. If anyone has any information.
1: Yeah, I would like to know. We've
0: seen that Buffy episode where she's in like a loop and she has to try and get the mummy hand.
1: I think that must be like, yeah, yeah obviously, I remember that. Like, that I this must that. be where it comes from. There's like a Simpsons episode with a mummy's hand, or it's a monkey's hand, <laughs> <laughs> similar but not the same. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so there we go. That is the the cursed two cartoon.
0: I mean, it is like. I like that it's all, like, the people that visited, yeah. but I also think it's
1: probably yeah, just yeah, it's coincidence. Definitely. It's just coincidence, isn't it? Like, it's the 20s. Like, the 20s were pretty shit.
0: <laughs> I mean, that is going to so... be the theme of, like, this whole month yeah. of Cursed Ones It's going to be like, was it a curse? No. <laughs> no, it was just coincidence. But um, what are you up to this weekend?
1: Um, I'm going to go see um, that Ghost play tonight. Oh, uh, 2222. Yeah, yeah. Really so, my friend that. Paul
0: saw it, and Jen, Paul and Jen, who you know. Oh, yeah. And uh, they both said it was very, very good.
1: Awesome. The, uh, and it's cast... got
0: um, Stephanie Birchers in it from Brooklyn. Yeah, from Nine-Nine. Brooklyn, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Rosa. So excited about <laughs> so seeing Rosa on stage. And, and also, um, really, Jay, awesome. Jay from In Between Us.
0: Oh yes, which yes, I've
1: weirdly been watching again this week. I've I been it's not all. my thing. Though, oh, it's still, it's I, so funny. I do not find it funny, <laughs> <laughs> really. I mean, like having been like a six former boy, like,
0: yeah, I think it yeah. doesn't. That's why it doesn't <laughs> appeal to me. It doesn't yeah. like I don't un- like I don't relate to it really. <laughs> I'm getting my hair did tomorrow.
1: Very nice. I haven't
0: been to the hairdresser in such a long time, and I need it so badly. Uh and then yeah, on I guess- Sunday I am seeing my friend and then I am going to see you know they do National Theatre live at the cinema where it's like Oh yeah Yeah, I'm gonna see the new Tom Stoppard on my own. Ooh,
1: very nice. <laughs> uh any recommendations?
0: Uh I saw the new Glamor Doctor film this week. Oh yeah. Nightmare Alley. It was very different to his other films because there are no supernatural elements. But if you oh, like really? a good thriller based in a circus, uh-huh. <laughs> then okay, you then. would like it. It's a good film, but don't expect like the standard Gamma del Toro
1: supernaturalness. Yeah. Ghosts and ghouls. So
0: that's my recommendation. Stones.
1: Yeah. Uh, I've been watching. I mean, like, when am I not watching a documentary series about World War II? Um, the greatest events of World War II in color. It's really oh good. yes, really yes, I love that. that.
0: Yeah. Is it on iPlayer or Netflix? Uh,
1: Netflix. Netflix. It yeah. like the like the coloration techniques now are getting so good. That's so and good. Also, yeah. Um, one of the like Talking Heads is James Holland, and I do love James Holland. So. I
0: love it it's when good. you see a Talking Head that you love. Like yeah. my absolute favorite is Ian Stewart, and I'm just like, oh, I love
1: this oh, so yeah. much. <laughs> cool.
0: Cool. Well, um, while you're at it, you can. So, subscribe wherever you're listening to this and give us a little rating now we're back you can give us a five-star rating and say thank god you're back because i've been so bored without you (laughs) which is exactly what i think you must all be thinking right now
1: and uh you can follow us on social media which my new year's resolution even though we're like quite far into the new year Um, is to actually maintain. Well, I'm going to maintain Instagram because that seems like worth it. But Twitter is just a place for people to shout bile at each other. So Yeah, um, this I'll is why that.
0: I don't have it. But you yeah. can tweet every time there's a new episode. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'll just do that. That's <laughs> all. That's, the, that's the most you're getting out of me for Twitter. People. Fair enough.
0: It's more than you get out of me. <laughs> and we'll see you next time.
1: See ya. Bye. Bye.